0: Well, the funny part of the story is that I was there as just a young adult, had experienced the church, was there to share my story on camera. I don't remember him being there at all. I don't remember him being in the room. I don't remember him tightening anything. I don't. I did not meet him that day, but he saw me that day. It wasn't until a few weeks later, I was actually helping out with another video shoot and we got to talk and actually meet. And that's where it all started for us. (laughs)
1: Hey, welcome to the Artist Spousing podcast, and thanks for taking time to listen to the show. We know your time is valuable, and we're humbled that you would spend some of it with us.
2: We hope you had a great week since we last dropped an episode. Ours was exciting. Yep. we were blessed to be in Rome, Georgia, at the Wind Shape Retreat with a lot of marriage influencers from around the nation. It was so cool to be there. We were like, "What in the world? What are we doing here?" Oh, was so cool. I love it. It was inspiring, and really a lot of fun meeting some new friends that actually. James, we are going to have on the podcast. That's going to
1: be cool. Yeah, it was incredible, and we'll share some images and thoughts from that experience in our upcoming edition of the new newsletter, which we invite you to subscribe to. It's a monthly newsletter. You'll receive updates on what's happening in our world, along with links to blog posts and podcast episodes. We'll also give you some marriage tips and advice to strengthen your marriage. You can sign up in the link in the show notes, or you can go to our new website artespousing.com and sign up there.
2: Okay, so today we have a great young couple on the show, Gabe and Casey Mahia. Gabe is a video producer and manages a team of content creators at Christ Fellowship Church. Casey is a social media content creator. She manages all the social media for Christ Fellowship Church. They are an amazing couple. And James, even after almost 30 years of marriage... You and I know that we can learn a lot from married couples no matter how long they've been married, no matter what their age. We have so much to learn from them, and we actually, in fact, did.
1: That's right. You know, so true. Even this week, we were reminded of the idea and need for reverse mentorship. It's been a long time since we've been newlyweds or that we've dealt with some of the issues and challenges of being young and married. And there's some great lessons to still learn to apply to our marriage even now so that we can stay fresh and vibrant and exciting in our romance, right?
2: That's right. One of the things that I just want to highlight that I learned, and you can listen for it as we finish this podcast today, is they are so curious. There's just this level of curiosity that it comes when you're newly married. And I just felt inspired. I need to be a little bit more curious. I don't think I need to know. I know everything about Mr. James Duval.
1: That's right, because you don't.
2: I don't If you're new to the podcast, every other week we share a conversation with another married couple specifically around the dynamics of the Enneagram and their relationship. The Enneagram is a tool of empathy that reveals core motivations. To get a quick overview of Enneagram, we encourage you to go back and listen to Season 1, Episode 8, where we discuss the main components of the Enneagram.
1: If you and your spouse are interested in taking a deeper dive into self-awareness, we are now offering the Amplify Your Marriage coaching experience. You can find all the information on our website. Artispousing.com backslash marriage coaching and schedule a discovery call to learn more about it. So let's jump into this week's conversation.
2: Hey, Gabe and Casey, so excited that you're joining us on Artispousing. James and I have been looking forward to talking to you about all things married life and Enneagram. Casey and I have spent a lot of time talking about Enneagram and And Gabe is kind of new and discovering himself. So we're excited about that. So it's going to be a great conversation. Thank you guys for joining us.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having us. We're so excited. And yeah, we might expose ourselves a little bit. We're going to learn some stuff. So it's going to be fun.
3: (laughs) We're pumped to be here. That's awesome.
2: Okay, so we would love just to hear your marriage story. I'd love to hear and all the listeners to hear how long you've been married and some fun facts about you guys. We have
3: a lot of fun facts. So we we came prepared, but we've been married just under two months, probably when this Two released, months. Or two years, sorry, two years. <laughs> uh, We're about to hit our two year anniversary in, in November. We got married in November of
0: 2020. Mm. And
3: right in the middle of COVID. So wow. That was fun.
0: So fun. We don't have any kids yet. But we do have a four legged child. He is (laughs) a golden retriever named Solo. um, And he is kind of like our child right now. He's the best and. Been a fun part of our marriage.
3: My first dog ever. Casey really convinced me, but I love him a lot. Your first
2: dog ever. That's never
3: Had one before. So my first marriage and my first dog. (laughs) It was a lot of learning to do that. It was a good year for you. Good year for you. So
2: there's probably some listeners that got married in 2020, and so many different wedding ceremonies felt different. I'd love to hear about your 2020 wedding.
0: Yes, very interesting time. Praise God, we we didn't really have a lot of cancellations. Gabe decided to propose to me during COVID. So we didn't have any of our plans pre-arranged so that they got rearranged during COVID. But we got married in the fall when there was a little bit of like a lull in COVID. It was looking like it was going away a little bit. We got married outside with a smaller group of people. And our biggest prayer is that no one would get COVID from our wedding and no one got COVID from our wedding that we know of. It worked out. We probably don't have as crazy of the COVID wedding story as some do, but it was interesting, but it worked out.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the most COVID thing about our wedding was that we streamed it for my family members that are are out of the country. They couldn't come in. They couldn't fly in. But we actually were like talking about it with Casey's parents recently. And I mean, we're just looking back and are super thankful of how everything played out because Mm -hmm. I don't know if it even felt different than what it would have outside of that year. So we're very thankful for that.
2: That's cool. That's so good.
3: So you guys met working together, right? Talk to us a little bit about
1: how the romance started and how you guys knew that you guys were each the one for each other.
3: This is my favorite story to tell people. I'll tell people this story whether they ask me to or not. (laughs) (laughs) But when we first met, we actually weren't working together. Casey wasn't on staff and I was contracting, but I was on the films team. So we had a film shoot to promote. I think it was Wake. Casey was just a high level volunteer at that time. So she came in to do like a testimonial about how young adults and Wake had changed her life and all that. But I wasn't on the shoot. So I actually owe meeting Casey to two of my older coworkers. They were on the shoot. They ran into our office where I was sitting and they were like, Gabe, babe, you, you got to come to the, the studio. I was just there for like six months at that point. So I was like, well, yeah, whatever, I'll go do it. I thought they needed help. But when I walked into our studio, all of the lights were off. And in the far corner, like completely across from where the door was when I opened it, all the lights were shining onto the seat where the talent was going to sit. And in the talent seat was. Casey and as soon as I walked in it (laughs) was like angels were singing and so I was like okay I see what's going on here so I walked up close and I wanted her to notice me so I I tried to like tighten a light or a stand or something in front of her like flex or something weird like that and I left and I asked someone who was that and they said that's Casey she's about to be an intern here at Christ Fellowship this summer Like, like do you want her number? And I said, no, I'm going to get it myself. <laughs> so it's funny because if you were to ask Casey about well, that. Yeah. You, okay. Go for well, on. the
0: funny part of the story is that I was there as just a young adult had experienced the church was there to share my story on camera. I don't remember him being there at all. I don't remember him being in the room. I don't remember him tightening anything. I don't. I did not meet him that day, but he saw me that day. It wasn't until a few weeks later, I was actually helping out with another video shoot and we got to talk and actually meet. And that's where it all started for
1: us. It was probably because the lights were in your eyes as the talent. All those those lights were shining on you. It was just blinding you to his good looking charms.
0: Yeah,
2: that's a guy helping a guy out right there. (laughs) That's what that's called.
3: When I proposed to Casey, I put together a video for the proposal and I found... The video that she shot that day and put it into the video. Oh, awesome. Um, it's 2017, so five years ago.
2: So.
0: That's this amazing. is all
2: going to come up about his Enneagram right here. This whole story, I cannot wait till we just That's unveil. What these guys are, their Enneagram types are.
1: Yeah. Well, why don't we go there now? Yeah. So to set this up, Casey, you've been kind of studying your foundational type in Enneagram for a while. And Gabe, this is all very new to you, right? There's been a lot of like insinuation speculation. and speculation of what you are, but just recently you've come to discover who you are. So Casey, why don't you start and share with us what you know about yourself and your Enneagram type?
0: I am a Enneagram six, uh, Enneagram six, wing five. This is not surprising to me. This was not difficult to figure out.
3: Yes, she's definitely six. And then I just found out that officially drum roll is that I am a Enneagram four, wing three
1: which is really cool because we all work together at the same church, a large organization, and being the four in our setting, you are thriving as a four in the organization says a lot about you.
2: Yeah, because what the Enneagram assessment that you took, Integrative Enneagram 9, it would say there's not many fours with that tool because it's a corporate tool, and most fours are not in corporate America, because they can't handle it. It's just like, they're just so limited, you know, for their creativity. And so it is interesting, we do have some fours in our organization. And I'm always curious to find out, but not official fours, like Gabe is like the most unique for ever. (laughs) That's right. So it is interesting because what we experience of Gabe at work, you more than myself, James, is that he is very steady. So there's a lot of things which I would just want to reveal that he's a self-preservation for, which would mean that he is the most steady, reserved, most of emotions held with inside and not real out there with all that. Casey, I would love for you to talk about what you thought he was, how many times you thought he was 10,000 different other things, and what you thought about that discovery. Yeah.
0: Well, we've known each other for a while. I think coming up on six years now, we've known each other, we've dated, we've gone through different seasons of life together, and obviously now we're married. And I think different moments throughout different times, I started off thinking that, okay, you're a four. We tried to like self-type. We're reading the different accounts on Instagram that say, what text messages you send as an Enneagram for? And I would read them to him and say, does this make sense to you? Does this sound like you? And we tried to figure it out that way. And I decided early on, I was like, you're four. He hadn't taken a test or anything. And then just throughout different seasons of life, we were thinking about the idea of maybe you're two. Well, no, maybe you're three. And then recently kind of back at four and then taking the test and finding out you were actually a four. But I think it was fun for him to find out as a four internally before he knew for sure that it, you were a four. And he was never anti-Enneagram. Like, I'm not going to take that test. But he definitely was like, I don't know. I am my own person. Like, <laughs> I'm unique. special. Like, maybe I'm... I, none of them really resonate with
3: me. I did say stuff
0: like that. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: Gabe, yeah... Tell us what you were identifying with. What were you resonating with?
3: Yeah, I know Enneagram is probably a newer deep dive into it, but, you know, it's so pervasive in our culture and especially as young people that you can't avoid it. So I knew about it throughout the years learn things about it. I remember when we were hearing the podcast that Lisa, you did on Young and Adulting. The first one you did on Enneagram, we were listening to it in the car on the ride back from somewhere and you were going through the types and you started talking about the four and there were certain things you were saying that just really resonated with me specifically around like the uniqueness and kind of being driven by feeling purpose and and that kind of stuff. And I think that's something that's always been there for me. And I think that just helped put some language around things that I had been feeling. And I was like, ah, that that really does sound like like me. and kind of like that fear of not making an impact type Mm -hmm. situation. So
1: We were talking earlier, the fact that that was kind of confusing, like maybe you're two, maybe you're three, maybe you're four, whatever that is. That's why, you know, Lisa, when you teach on Enneagram, you can never like type people or oh, that you must be this because the fact of your self-press four is totally different than how other fours act, and it's easy to kind of assume because of the way a person acts that they're a certain thing. And we tease about this because, like, you know, I'm an eight, and so I always hate being drugged into stereotypical immature eights or people who have just bad attitudes because well, they're so eight. Well, I'm not. You know, so but maybe you can speak to a little bit of why it's confusing with some numbers.
2: Well, I think, Casey, you even mentioned that the two of you kind of isolated that you even thought he was a self-preservation four at one point in your conversation, which that alone is going to self-preservation fours can look like a one. Well, he's actually connected to one. His lines connect to one and two. So he's going to demonstrate one qualities plus a self-preservation four can mistype as a one. They can also mistype as a self-preservation three specifically, which is going to be the less three-ish of all the threes, which is why I think Casey, when we were talking the other day, you're like, at one point I wondered about three with him. So that's the case. And they also actually sometimes can look like sevens. So they're just with the self pres subtype, classification that can make it look different. Not to mention the fact that he's high 5 and he is high mm-hmm. 1. So, he's connected to 1, but he has a lot of 1 in him. So that can make him look totally different than any other 4 who's a self pressed 4, so you really can't type people. But what I love to say is, I think Casey has never told me, but I think she's a 6. I'm actually going to receive how she talks about things differently and I'm probably going to talk mm-hmm. to her differently. Like if I was her leader, I would give her a lot of information, a lot of structure, a lot of parameters. Um, obviously with Gabe, I probably wouldn't as much, he may need a little bit more freedom to lead and do things. And, but I wouldn't necessarily type them out loud. So I think it's okay to type people in your head so you can kind of go, Oh, I want to lead better with them or have more empathy for them, but not in a way that's derogatory. And eights do get a lot of bad bad feedback. I I apologize about (laughs) that, but, um, it is true though. There are some numbers, like I would just say. The Enneagram 2, when I'm not healthy or when a 2 is not healthy, it's a very hidden unhealth because we are high manipulators. So my skill in manipulation is out the roof. So you're probably not going to see it as much as an 8 that's bad. Not bad, but not not healthy. And or even a 4, like a social 4. You're probably going to see that really. It's going to scream a lot louder. So Gabe is probably not going to show up unhealthy externally to a lot of people, it's probably gonna be very internal. We're talking about self-preservation, which we've talked about this on the podcast before, social or one-on-one. Those subtypes, they're not all the same. So not all self-pres are the countertype, right. but in in Gabe's situation, he is the countertype of force, meaning he does not look like the typical four which is the reason why there's mystery around him. Like the one-on-one six is the counter type of sixes, which that is not Casey. She is the stereotypical six, probably why she's really confident that she knows she's a six. Right. So that lets you know all self preses aren't the counter type because one-on-one is a counter type right. of six.
1: And the one-on-one six counter type would actually run towards-
2: Run towards fear. Run
1: towards fear do dangerous things to overcome it where Casey's not going to do that.
2: I would, act, I like to think, I'm not sure if it's true, but I think of like seal team six is a one-on-one six.
3: Uh,
1: They'd have to run towards it. That's right. Seal team six and six. That's, that's what you did there. See? Yeah. I'd just love to know, obviously with Jay being new to the tool, how have you seen your core motivations or your foundational type play out in your relationship with one another?
0: We've seen a lot of things. And I would just say, even as you're talking, like, I think this conversation just excites both of us so much because I think it can feel like there's so much to the Enneagram and just you're this type, but you also have a subtype and you also have a type, and there's you're a little bit of all the types. And that seems very overwhelming. But I think the exciting thing for us is that we both have some five in us. So we love this kind of thing, like we love to take our assessment results from Pastor Lisa and do our homework and read up on it and do the research. And like, this is very exciting to us. So it's exciting that as we're even just beginning in marriage and beginning and figuring all of this out, it could feel overwhelming that there's so much to learn. But I think it's like an exciting feat for us. And I think already we've seen some things, something that I think we have seen or dealt with is, you know, Brandon and Michelle, were talking about this a little bit on their episode, which comforted mm-hmm. us because we felt like Oh man, we're not crazy. Other people experience this kind of thing. But just the whole feedback Mm. and criticism and response to things and how they went piece, this is something we have to work hard at. This is something we definitely, it doesn't come natural to us to lean the same way. And I would just say that too is that you mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier, we Mm -hmm. don't talk to a lot of fours and sixes as couples. And I think that has also been a comforting piece to know, okay, our types, our personalities maybe Mm. don't go together as perfectly as some others do. And again, I think that could feel discouraging, but I think to Mm -hmm. us, it feels like, Mm -hmm. you know what, that just means we need to be intentional. We need to work hard. We need to read up on it and like, we can do it. It's just going to be hard work that we're up for
1: let me just say that's so insightful yes what you just said a couple things I just want to pull out there first of all the self-awareness piece of being willing to dig in and learn about yourself you know Lisa and I teach all the time about me awareness we awareness and the fact that you're becoming aware of yourself then you can become aware of each other Mm -hmm. and lean into that the second thing you said is one of the keys to having a really healthy strong marriage is building on common ground Mm -hmm. and the fact that you're identifying that hey we both have this wing of five we love to research we love to study we love to dig into finding data that's common ground that you can regardless of the differences in your foundational type the common ground that you have that you can build on that and lean into that will speak volumes into like your purpose as a couple and the strength that you're going to bring into the world as a married couple so i just wanted to throw that in before gabe you shared some more
2: And I want to mention, because I confused the matter earlier, is that I said Gabe's wing was five. It isn't five, which I, sorry about that. It is three, but he is high five. It's a part of his tri-type, which is Casey's wing. I want to encourage you. I am always impressed with a lot of our young couples that are really leaning into growth. And I think you guys highlight that. Just this desire, want to, able to, processing of growing and learning each other. So Gabe, about feedback.
3: And there's always been a constant theme of after I, I do something or you know, for it could be a video played that I made, you know, for years or it could be I I led a, a prayer moment or whatever, anything like that. Or anything, or like anything that. at home, like we could <laughs> it could be how I did the dishes or whatever. Like there's quick feedback and I'm like, babe, it's like <laughs> It's got to be a little bit of time before you give the feedback. Or I would just ask her, like, there's been times that I've, I've asked Casey, like, hey, can you just give me the feedback tomorrow or, or whatever? And I think hearing Michelle and Brandon, we definitely don't have it all figured out. But hearing them was a little bit comforting hearing how Michelle articulated that it wasn't it's not that like she's trying to be negative. It's just mm-hmm. that she wants them to be us to be better. I think I have had to learn that regarding how Casey is a six. And especially like some of the threat assessment stuff, like, cause to me, it's a little quicker to think about it internally and I'll make a decision or I'll be, I'll internally become okay with something and I'm expecting Casey to be the same.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
3: she still has questions or what about this? And I'm like, I, I Why? So I've had to learn. um, I think speaking to what Casey said, it is exciting to dive deeper into this being very young into our marriage because, you know, it's still early to be able to learn these things and figure these things out for the long road that God has ahead for us to be able to get that a little bit better. But this Sunday we parked in our driveway and I (laughs) asked her and I said, hey, be gentle with me. But is there something I can be doing better our marriage and i had to prepare for the feedback because i didn't want to come <laughs> yeah. off overtly sensitive to whatever she was going to say but i knew i wanted to offer the opportunity for her to say that what well, we ended up talking about i thought was very helpful in helping me understand something i could be doing better but not knowing all the details of how her enneagram six interacts with a four i thought that that was something that was helpful
0: well and i appreciated the opportunity to be able to have that conversation. And I... (laughs) My first reaction was, how can I weave as many things as possible together in this one answer? <laughs> not to say that there's a million things wrong. I think what what we have learned and recently discovered that I think has helped us just get to the other side of getting better at this in our marriage is that, like Gabe was saying earlier, as I just, these are things in my mind that are going to help us get better. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to improve. I'm just trying to move forward. And in Gabe's ears, he hears mm-hmm. it as, so we paid no, no attention to the positive. Like we're not celebrating anything. We're just moving right along. You know, he said to me before, well, you're just complaining. And I'll go, what? I didn't think I was complaining. I just was trying to. <laughs> and,
3: it, and it feels like such a like, what is happening here? Yeah, like, it feels how- like we're
0: not on the same page. You and know, we just go, how do we meet in the middle somehow? How do we see what we're, each other is seeing? So that's been a huge thing that we've been actively and like, Presently learning is trying to step into each other's shoes and timing, I feel like is everything and just hearing each other how they are trying to communicate it, not how we would instinctually hear in with our biases and with our feelings.
2: I think the thing that's standing out to me, and this is just me off the cuff listening to what you're saying in a conversation, is Gabe, you are translating what she's saying. It's almost like it's going through a funnel and you're like filtering out. You know that she means well. But at the same time, I think now that you actually know Gabe is a is a four in the heart triad. He's going to lead with emotion. He's going to feel a lot of emotion, even if he is a self-pressed four and he's not showing a lot of that. It's internal. So it's there that you, you're almost having to filter what Mm. you say so that it doesn't hit him wrong. So timing, should it be said, should it be said now, and should it be said by me? We talk about this in leadership a lot, but I think it's so true in marriage is there are times that I'm sure, James, you can think of an example, and I'm, I'm going to be strong and be able to hear it, <laughs> um, Is that some of the lessons that I've learned, James has probably wanted to tell me about it, but he's allowed life to let mm-hmm. me hear about it. Because I do believe sometimes there are things from our spouse that we can have a hard time hearing, or it's just not the right, he's mm-hmm. not the person to help me learn that lesson. But I would definitely advise identify more with Gabe in that I receive feedback. It hits me a little bit different. And like Gabe, I will ask in times like, Hey, James, I'm doing good. Just like I let him know if he's thinking of an example right now, he's welcome to say I'm a strong girl, but I want to hear what it is. And so those are the opportunities of like, I can ask more, but you need to be ready to tell Casey. James needs to be ready to tell if there is something, but sometimes I'll ask and you'll say, there's not a thing. I love you just the way you are. And I'm like, Praise God. We had one moment here that I didn't have a feedback. I almost
1: broke into a Barry Manilow song, but (laughs) I didn't for the podcast. Please, we want to hear that that bonus content if you sign up on Patreon. That's (laughs) right. No, I think that is good, though. Like, I mean, I think everybody struggles with feedback, really. I mean, if different ways, you know, I think we probably struggle mostly with areas that are our blind spots or that we, we may know internally that there's a weakness there that we try to guard. So for me, I don't receive feedback really well. If Lisa's saying, Hey, you came across very uncaring or very aggressive, or that strikes me weird. I think for Lisa, like if I have to be careful, like when she's leveraging, you know, because her two's connected to eight, when she's leveraging her eight in a healthy way, it can come across a little bit aggressive or a little bit barky. Mm. I want to affirm her, That, hey, I I know what you're doing. I know that you're leaning into that. But I also want to encourage you that like, you know. That hit me wrong. Yeah. But I do think feedback's difficult for anybody. Doesn't really matter the type, but I think it has to do with maybe our insecurities or things we know that are weaknesses or places that we've maybe seen failure or something in the past.
2: And I think that's where timing comes of learning. And you guys are learning the timing of things. And Gabe, is. I think it's good that you're like vocal about, hey, can you give me a minute? And that has to be received that he's not not teachable, but he just needs for it to adhere and for it to work and for it to be productive. It has to be at a different Mm -hmm. time. And the truth is, and the heart triad, even threes, even though they're a little bit more assertive, but twos and fours are going to be more sensitive. I mean, we are, but we feel things. I was trying to describe to James how it feels to be a two. And I said, it's like I have sensors all over my body. And when I walk through, I feel every ting of every emotion of everyone. He's like, that sounds. <laughs> horrible. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. So, in a sense, Gabe is also probably feeling a lot of feels that we're able to articulate, but. Yeah,
1: As you were sharing that, Gabe, it came to mind, we tease about like fours being unique and they feel like they're the only ones like themselves. But if feedback to you kind of attacks or or feels like it's going against that, well, that's that's my uniqueness. That's who I am. That's, yeah. that's what makes me me. And so when I give feedback or try to lean into Lisa's too, I've learned that unless she asks me for help, if I offer help to her, that's not received well, because that's who she is? She's a helper, and so when I'm trying to step into her world and take the place of what her strength is, that minimizes. The, yeah, minimizes a little bit maybe in her mind. Like, no, I mm-hmm. I can help myself in the same way. I'm just wondering because your unique creative yeah. self, like it's part of your identity is like feedback sometimes could feel like maybe like attacking the self.
2: Would that be, does that resonate?
3: uh, I was actually thinking that before you just mentioned that, I mean, you hit it, what I was thinking on the head, like it almost can encroach on that feeling of uniqueness. And it has at times, and not just Casey's feedback, I get feedback from my boss and my peers and and there have been times when i've had to be okay and understand that that feedback is not necessarily saying i'm not unique or what i did wasn't purposeful or whatever like so but yes it does do that
0: i think too a lot of what we've learned is not making assumptions about each other or for each other. I think a lot of the conversations we have maybe wouldn't necessarily be considered feedback. I think pulling into the driveway, ironically, is like when I like to bring up important (laughs) conversations for some reason. But I'll just go on a tangent about, you know, we should really make better decisions with our diet. We should eat healthier. You know what? We should go back to the gym and it'll be like this kind of feedback that's like, I want us to do better at this. And not making assumptions that Gabe can walk away from that conversation on the very same page that I'm on, I think is something that I've recently discovered because as a six, I've already thought through all of this. I already know what needs to happen for us to be able to accomplish what (laughs) I would like to accomplish. And I think a lot of times I've assumed he understands X, Y and Z needs to happen. And I think a lot of the times he'll ask like, "Okay, well, what do we need to do? And I'm like, it's not necessarily necessarily something I can articulate I just maybe know or have spent more time thinking about it but recently trying to flip the switch of like if I'm gonna say something then I would like it to be productive for both of us so I should come with what he needs which is practical steps and practical takeaways for how he can help in participating in whatever I've decided on a random Tuesday that I would like us to be better at or you know on the flip side for me as a six the core need of mine is just security comfort safety. So Gabe is my go-to for a lot of those things that I might be worried about, or just the one thing that won't stop bugging me in my head, I'll just need to talk to my sweet husband about. And <laughs> I've learned that, especially through studying the Enneagram a little bit more and just having this resource, I've been able to kind of start articulating what it is that I need in that moment because Gabe and I will have conversations and I'll go, I'm really worried about this thing. That's it. What do you have to to say and he'll say something and I'll my response will be well that's not helpful and then he'll set he'll try again and it's so <laughs> kind of him and I'll say well that's not helpful and then he'll try a couple more times and I'm like you're just you're not helping me and I I've, I've realized I don't think I've verbalized this to you yet so you're hearing it now but I've realized that that is a lot of pressure to put on a person Mm -hmm. to assume that he knows what I what is going to calm the sometimes irrational like cycling that my brain is doing over something Mm. that does not need to be stressed over so I think having a practical resource like this especially for someone like me who feels super confident in the number that I am and having something that speaks so directly to some of the parts of my brain that I've never been able to like verbalize it's helpful to go into a conversation and say, hey, I'm stressing about this today. I just need you to say something encouraging and then give me like a logical, practical reason why it's going to be okay and this is not going to blow up or, you know, this is not going to hurt me or we're not going to go bankrupt or whatever it might be. So that's been a huge help with the Enneagram.
3: And I I mean, I think that's the beauty of being a young couple and doing this because when I tell you that in those situations I'm so confused as to what's (laughs) happened. (laughs) Um, but like the hope, right. The hope would be that, that you learn how to do it better over time. And like, we're, like I said earlier, we're just about to hit two years of marriage and the goal would be five, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, 30 years down the line, we can say that we've gotten better at at least me knowing what to say in those situations, (laughs) because sometimes it can feel like, what is the gap here? I, I, I have thought through everything I could say. I don't know what's happening.
1: I just say that you guys are on the right track and mm-hmm. the fact that you are leaning into self-discovery, but also a couple of discovery. One of the books I've recently read is The Enneagram in Love, and it breaks down the different types. And Casey, you said earlier that maybe... Fours and sixes aren't common. And I'll just affirm that, you know, if God put you together, which he did, it doesn't matter what number you are. I was just reading this statement and maybe this is just encouragement for you as you guys continue to grow into your relationship, into your marriage, and the vision that God has for your marriage is that the four and the six balance each other well. They make their partner feel safe, secure, and seen in a way that feels like a soul-level attachment. Mm. And so the fact of the matter is, Casey, you just said, like when I'm processing things in my head, I need to go to my favorite human being, my husband, and he's going to make me feel safe, secure, and those things. So you guys offer a lot to each other in that world, and we're excited to just continue watching your your marriage journey and and so grateful for you guys to be on the podcast and anxious for our listeners to get to know you. And, and you know maybe we'll have you back on the show in a year or so. And Oh, that
2: would be fun.
1: See what else you've learned.
2: I wish that everyone could see what we're seeing with them. Yeah. But the way um, you guys look at each other, it's just an admiration and a love for one another and just a tenderness. You guys are really the real deal. And God's going to help you, whether you had any gram or not, you'd figure this all out. But because we believe in God's word and what his spirit and you and so that trumps all of this, yeah. all of this. But it's really cool to see how we can empathize and be available in present. So I think this has been fantastic. So
1: thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank
2: you, thank guys. you guys
3: for having us. That was then, awesome.
0: I just want to say something for all of your listeners. <laughs> and I hope you guys leave this part in because we're going to brag on you. Uh-oh. But uh, we were laughing before this, like talking about, I don't really know many couples that have been married for less time than we have. And you guys have some of the merit. Married couple like legends on this podcast and we were laughing like, are you punking us? Is this, <laughs> is this to make fun of us? Like what's going on? And I just love that the response was, you know, obviously we're just sharing our experience, not coming from a place of expertise at all. But I just love that you guys even said, you know, it's been so long that since we've been newlyweds and in the season that you're in and even that you've, you guys who have been married for a long time, who've been doing ministry together for a long time, leading for a long time, have said that you have something to learn from us or to, you know, gain from talking to us and spending time with us, I think is really special. So thank you. We're really honored. Awesome.
2: Well, I'm going to look at James a little bit differently over the next couple of months. So you guys inspired me. Watch out, James, get ready for it.
1: (laughs) Wow. I love that couple. And I think you're right, Lisa, the way that they just honor each other and look at each other is pretty cool. We hope you found today's episode helpful. Thanks again, Gabe and Casey for being on the show today.
2: Yes. You guys are so cute and you have a great future ahead of you in married life. Thank you to everyone who listened today. We would love to hear your thoughts and answer any questions you have about what you heard today. You can email us at hello at artofspousing.com or hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at artofspousing.
1: Yeah, if you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you would let your friends know by sending them a link to the show you can also help other people find the podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review
2: we hope you have a great week practicing the art espousing and we'll catch you next week on the art espousing podcast until then bye